than that. But uh, you can go ahead and turn up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, the title of my message tonight is The Seven Abominations in the Heart of a Gossip. In the Heart of a Gossip. Gossip is one who runs to house to house, tattling and telling news, an idle tattler. Or in other words, it's a talebearer, a gossiper. A, a gossiper is a person who is maliciously gossips or reveals secrets, a talebearer. And uh, God is very clear in his word tonight what he thinks and what he knows about a gossip's heart. And so let's turn to Proverbs chapter 26 and starting in verse 17. Uh, in my Bible, there's a few different outlines. You may have a Bible that outlines some things for you. Uh, right there, starting at verse 17, it starts with the outline. It says relationship with gossips. Okay, so we're going to see a man here uh, described, and hopefully you can figure out what we're talking about here. So uh, Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 17 says this. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belongeth not to him, is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. As a madman who casteth fire, firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips, and layeth up deceit within him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for why? There are seven abominations in his heart. Let's pray. Lord, God, I pray that you would help me preach tonight. And God, I pray that, uh, Lord, I believe this is the message that you would have tonight. And uh, God, I pray that our hearts would be opened and uh, to receive your word. And God, just help me tonight. And Lord, I pray this all in your precious name, Jesus' name. Amen. So you see here, there's a, there's a, a certain type of man described in this passage of Scripture uh, this one, uh, one of being a talebearer or a gossiper, right? Someone who gossips or tells tales or, or uh, typically referring to something that's not true uh, about other people. You see, gossip has a lot to do with talking about others with specific details that are most likely not true. All right, so that is a gossiper, a talebearer. And, and the Bible is very clear, and I... I remember the first time I read this, I saw that, that verse 25, and when he speaketh fair, who? The talebearer, the gossiper, when he speaketh fair, right, when he sounds good to you, don't believe him. Why? There are seven abominations in his heart. Before I go on further, I, uh, my college professor used to say this a lot, um, great minds talk about ideas. Good minds talk about things, and weak minds talk about people. I don't know about you, I don't want to be a weak-minded person. Uh, I don't really want that title on me. I don't want people to look at me and think, 
he's weak-minded. That's a, you know, that's a pretty big diss, if you ask me. Right? So, but, but here's how it's said, ready? Weak minds, they talk about people. Good minds talk about things, and great minds talk about ideas. And so we have this person here in the Bible that is a gospeler, someone who is a weak mind, right? Someone who talks about other people. And it really, it talks about, it, it talks about his heart, right? Verse 25, there are seven abominations where? In his heart. You know, something I believed growing up um, often was, uh, it was shown on TV or in movies or in hallmarks, however you want to put it. Uh, they would say, follow your heart. Right? As long as you just follow, follow your dreams and follow your heart, you'll turn out okay. And I grew up believing that. I, I kind of just kind of accepted that, and, and it was what it was. I thought, man, that it, it has to be a good thing to follow your heart. Your heart's going to lead you the right way. You know, God's in your heart, and so, and so on and so on. So I just thought, yeah, I, I will follow my heart. And I remember the first day I got to college, and uh, I'll never forget one of the first college chapels I ever heard Somebody who opened up to this verse in uh, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I kind of sat there and I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't follow my heart. And then as, as I was thinking that, the preacher said this. He said, hey, follow your heart is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I thought, wow, I, I don't know what's going on. I've never read the Bible. <laughs> I, I just seriously, it was, it was convicting to me because all my life I thought it was okay. I thought it was something that, you know, God would be for. But then I see the complete opposite in Scripture. I see, hey, don't follow your heart. Follow God. I mean, your heart's deceitful. It's going to lead you astray. Don't follow your heart. Man, you don't need to follow your heart. You need to follow God. You need to follow the Lord. And don't try, there's, a, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are destruction. And so, and another verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so one of the worst things that we can really believe here is, is that we need to follow our heart and trust in our heart. No, we need to follow God and trust in our God. And so we see that there are seven abominations in this person's heart. And, you know, I started thinking on that verse, and I, as, as I read that, you know, I thought, where else does it talk about abominations in the Bible? So go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. And for the longest time, I had never made this connection. But if you look at Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16, you will see seven abominations. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 says, These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And tonight I want to, I have seven points. <laughs> And I want to talk through some of the things that, that God says are in the gossip's heart. This is what the Bible says is in the gossiper, the talebearer, the people talker's heart. Number one, it's a proud look. 
Verse 17 starts off immediately with a proud look. If you gossip about others, there's no way you cannot be proud. You have to be prideful and proud in order to talk down or negative or, or in a false way about somebody else. You see, because we, we like to make ourselves look a little bit bigger than the other person. We like to make ourselves look a little, well, I, at least I don't do what they do. Well, at least I don't talk like they do. At least I don't dress like they do. At least I don't smell like they do. I mean, there's so many things that we can, we can get a proud look pretty quick, can't we? We can get a proud look just, just by, by looking, on, looking around the crowd and saying, ooh, well, at least I'm not like them. And you ever do that? And, and, and you, ever, you ever realize how dumb we look with a proud look? I mean, you ever, I remember uh, we were at the Football Hall of Fame on Saturday. And uh, I was watching the teenagers try to kick the, uh, the football into the field goal from 15 yards. And you know what I did? I sat there and I was like, <laughs> I totally got this. I just, I know for a fact, like 15 yards is nothing. And, uh, and I got myself all ready. I was kind of getting a little like, you know, uh, well, I know I can kick better than them. And so I, I kind of got, got that, that pride in me. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to be the coolest youth pastor. I, I don't even like care. Like, I'll, I'll start at 15, but I'm going to be at the 50-yard line kicking field goals. And, uh, and I did my wind-up, and I, and I got ready. And uh, when I kicked it, first of all, I think I pulled a hamstring. And, uh, and that really hurt. So now I'm kind of like hiding pain. And, uh, and, and I watch the ball as it goes, whoa, and then hits the corner of the field post. And so I did not make a field goal at all that day. And, uh, but I remember how, how dumb it felt, right, to have this proud look. I mean, I got up there. I was ready to kick this ball and make it sure, it, you know, it flew through the, the field goal. But no, it did nothing like that. Instead, I just felt embarrassed, and I had a pulled hamstring. And as I'm walking back, I'm kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and you know how dumb we look with a proud look? Come on, how, how, how stupid is it? How embarrassing is it to have a proud look on ourselves? Like as if we really are better than the people we're talking about. As if we really are just this magnificent, wonderful person sometimes. It can be very embarrassing and very uh, weird. And I thought about that verse in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18, it says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Man, I watched one of the, the teenagers. They, they weren't being prideful in any kind of way. But uh, they, they knew they were going to hit this ball as hard as they could, right? And uh, there was just this kind of this level of energy just going up to this ball. And, uh, I, you know, she completely missed as she went and she ran. I, she probably ran for 20 yards, and one and was like ready to hit this ball with all of her might. And then as soon as she got to it, I guess she kicked too early. Well, she flung, I don't even know how her foot got that high, but she was all of a sudden on her back. And, uh, and I, I thought of that verse, you know, <laughs> pride goes before destruction and a, and a haughty spirit before a fall, right? And, and that's a silly illustration, but what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to address tonight is that in the heart of a gossiper, and on the heart of a talebearer, there are seven, it's not just one, it's not just two, there's seven abominations in the heart of a gossip. And a proud look is just one of them. A proud look is just one of them. What else is in the heart of a gossip? Well, how about a lying tongue? 
Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 17 again. Well, let's start in 16. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue. You know what we often do when we gossip? We tell half-truths. What do we know about half-truths? Well, a half-truth is a whole lie. Right? A half-truth. If it's not the full truth, it's a whole lie. A half-truth is not the truth. A half-truth is a, is a whole lie. And so oftentimes when we gossip, when we talk about others, we say, oh, we fill in the gaps of their life, don't we? We fill in what, what we think they do and what we, what we you know, assume they do. A lying tongue. And, and you might have it half true. You, you might have it right for most of it, right? You might be, you might be 57% right. You might be 58% true about what you're talking about with this person that you are conversing about. But if it's not the full truth, then it's a whole lie. And if you're filling in the rest of the gaps with what you assume to be true, or, or maybe you don't even assume to be true, you know it's wrong. And you put it on their name anyway, well, that's a lying tongue. That's a lying tongue. And what you're going to notice here is, is the seven abominations, man, they, the, the, things, the seven things that are an abomination to the Lord all have to do with gossip. They all have to do with gossip. God takes gossip seriously. Some people, I, I remember in Bible college hearing that some people were shocked that God had a hate list. Like God, it, we, we think of God, and, and it's true, God is love, Right? And I believe that with all my heart. God is love. But there's some things that God does not want for his children. There's, there's some things that, that don't belong to the children of God. And, and the things on this list, he lists them pretty clearly. Hey, I don't want this. I hate this. This is an abomination to me. A proud look and a lying tongue. And I remember speaking about half-truths. I, I remember when I was a kid. I would, uh, I would be told to go clean my room. And, uh, and I had two places that I would put everything. Um, my closet and my bed, uh, underneath my bed. My bed looked like it was on a mountain by the time I was done cleaning my room, right? And so I didn't really understand the concept of folding clothes. I just kind of knew it all magically disappears from the floor if I shove it in the closet, right? And so, and, and my mom would go and tell me, she said, Preston, I want you to clean your room. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go clean my room. You, won't, you will see the floor today. It will be a great day. My room's going to be clean. And so what I do is I go in there and I pick up everything except for a few things, maybe a few toys, and I shove it in the closet. And uh, sometimes I'd have to get a, you know, a head start and ram into the closet to just, just to make sure it shuts. And uh, my mom would come in. She goes, wow, it looks wonderful, Preston. What's the closet look like? And she knew. And uh, she said, so you, you cleaned your room? I said, yep. Okay, is the closet clean? Yep. Did you shove everything in the closet? No. And, and in my mind, everything meant literally everything, so I could say no, right? And that was my half-truth. Oh, well, Mom, like, not everything in the, is in the closet. Like, there's, I, I left this out. Right? So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, 
So she asked, is everything in the closet? And I said, no. But that's not really true. It pretty much was true, right? And so I filled in the gaps here. You see what I'm talking about? Don't we do that so many times with people, though? Don't we do that with, with people's lives? And, and, and you say, well, uh, I'm going to assume that, you know, I, I know this is true. I've seen this. I'm a witness to this percentage of their life. But uh, I'm pretty sure they do this for the rest of their life. And we start filling in the gaps of their life. Right? That's a half-truth. That's a half-truth. Don't, don't talk about people, right? If you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I mean, some people maybe uh, will hear this message, right, and they'll go, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about when I get home. How, how am I supposed to talk about anything if I t- can't talk about people? It would be better for us to sit in silence in our house than to, than to take part in gossiping in something that God hates. It would be better for us to go home tonight and, and not even say a word to each other. In, in the book of Proverbs, and I have it later down in my notes, but talks about better is love with a house of herbs than, than uh, with the ox with hate, right? And it's talking about it's better to be a vegetarian at home <laughs> with love than to, to be a meat eater and then there's all this hate and strife in the home. And that has a lot to do with gossip and talking badly about others and talking about others as if it's our business, right? And so... God hates a lying tongue. A half-truth is a whole lie. Moving on, a proud look, verse 17 of Proverbs chapter 6, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. You know, know, we often use this verse as a a great verse. By the way, it is a great verse for uh, preaching against abortion. And, and, and by the way, I looked it up. There's about one million abortions per year. One million abortions per year. That is one million innocent lives, innocent blood that has been shed. And, and let me say this tonight. I, I'm not putting any kind of, uh, uh, I, I'm not trying to say anything negative about, about this. Right? I'm not trying to put this in a, uh, a low light as if it's not important. Uh, we need to stop abortion. We do. We, we need, it needs to stop. The shedding of innocent blood needs to, to stop now. But what I'm saying is the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you believe that, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is so much power in our lips in the book of James, it talks about, man, it's like a little fire and it can spark. And what do, what do fires do? They grow, right? And you can, you can burn a lot of things. You can burn a lot of bridges with your mouth. We can get ourselves in trouble with our mouth. How many times we find ourselves there, right? Man, it would have been, uh, you're in class, right? And you, you spoke up when you probably shouldn't have. And you get in trouble. And then the teacher tells you later on, you've been, you would have been better off if you, just, if you just kept your mouth shut. Right? We'd probably be a lot better off in life if, just, if there were some instances where we just kept our mouths shut. In all honesty, right? a wise man is, is swift to hear and slow to speak. We have two ears and one mouth. It means we should listen twice as much as we speak. And so, hands that shed innocent blood. 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. Think about Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was a pure man. Joseph was a great man. He had a great testimony. He was sold into slavery into Egypt, and there he worked for uh, Potiphar, right? And, and he, he was working for him, and then his wife wanted to seduce him. And what did, Potiphar do? What did, what did Joseph do? He said, no, absolutely not. I will not do this with you. Get away from me. And he, he ran straight from her. He kept his testimony pure. He kept, he kept his testimony clean. But what did Potiphar's wife do? She went around and she gossiped about him. She went to Potiphar and said, hey, Joseph tried to lay with me. He's, he's betrayed you. He's betrayed this and this. And what happens is, is Joseph, innocent, completely innocent, gets thrown in jail. All because of a gossip. Uh, uh, by the way, of something that was completely made up and a, a complete lie. And that may have happened to you before. You may have had lies made up and, and, and made up about you that were simply not true. And you know that that can destroy your testimony, even if it's not true. The, the way that people talk about others can destroy, can destroy someone's life in an, in an instant. The next, the next few moments, Joseph was thrown into jail. All because Potiphar's wife decided to gossip and make up a story that was completely untrue. And so God looks at that and he says, I, I hate that. I don't like that. That's an abomination to me. And so how dare we be so for pro-life and, and stopping abortion, but we're shedding innocent blood with our lips. If you, if you are for stopping abortion, then you ought to be stopping gossip too. Because there are seven abominations in the gossip's heart. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Look there next in verse 17. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Again, this is the idea that you are filling in the blanks of someone else's life, right? Think of Noah's time. Uh, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Let us not have our hearts devise wicked imaginations. Right? Our, our heart is deceitfully wicked. Right? It's, it's desperately wicked. It's deceitful. Man, we need to get our hearts focused on God. And, and the Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Man, we need to control our minds. Weak minds talk about people. Good minds talk about things, and great minds talk about ideas. And so, in the gossip's heart, they only think evil continually. They think about others evilly, right? Something, I, I didn't plan on saying this, but something I promised to my wife is, is the Bible says that God knoweth the thoughts that he thinketh toward us. Thoughts of good and not of evil of good report, right? 
God thinks of us greatly. And he thinks great thoughts about us, right? His thoughts are, are amazing. His, his thoughts are wonderful. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And so something I told my wife as a, as a vow is that I would not, first of all, ever gossip about her to anyone else in this world. No, I, you will never hear me speak negatively, negatively about my wife. That's a promise. But what I said is that, man, if God is able to look at me, a sinner who is imperfect and, and someone who messes up all the time and, and just think thoughts not of evil but of good towards me, then, then that's what I want to try to do for my wife. I don't want my, my first instinct when something goes wrong that, that I'm thinking of her negatively. Like, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Right? I need to have a grace-filled mindset when it comes to my wife. Right? There's a love that covers a multitude of sins. Right? There's, and so, so my, my thought was that I would promise to her, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to assume the worst off the bat. Right? And, and we can do this with other people. It can be said this way. Give people your trust until they break it. Give people your, your trust until they break it, until they give you a reason not to trust them. Man, sometimes we're so closed. We're, we're, so, we're so private about things, right? We, we don't really, and I'm not talking about you go on the street and you're like, hey, I want to give you my bank account. I trust you with it, right? And, and we don't, we're not talking about that. I'm saying, hey, learn to develop relationships with people. Don't, don't be so closed off. Hey, and I know trust is broken sometimes. My trust has been broken sometimes. I understand that pain. But we can't allow that to, to restrict ourselves from, from reaching out to others and, and growing and striving together. Right? And so, so let down the walls a little. Trust people until they give you a reason not to trust them. And that's just something very practical. Feet that are swift to mischief. Verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 18. A heart that devises wicked imagination and feet that be swift running to mischief. You see, what happens here is this. I, I, I like to think of it like this. Oftentimes, uh, something, something crazy would happen in college, okay? And, uh, and so whenever something crazy happens, there would be a lot of tea parties, Right? That's what we call it nowadays. We don't call it gossip sessions. We call it tea parties. And by the way, it's not like a physical, you hold your teacup. Uh, this, is, this is a gossip session. Like we're about to spill everybody's tea. You, everybody know what I'm talking about? Right? You've heard that before? And so, so you go around and you see, you see, well, there's this group standing in the corner here whispering. And there's this group standing here in the corner whispering. And, and, and you start getting feet that are swift to mischief and you run straight to it. You say, well, looks like they're having a tea party without me. <laughs> I want to join in on that tea party. I don't know what's going on, over, going on over there. But, hey, your feet, man, they just start kicking up, and you start going over there. Right? And, and you, you run to the tea parties. Man, you're saying, well, hey, who, invite me next time, guys. Like, I want in on the tea. Give me the tea. Right? Feet that are swift running to mischief. Man, I'll never get, forget one of, one of the dorm devotions that we had at our men's dorm. And it was specifically about gossip. 
And, uh, and we, were, we, were, we were struggling with some things in the college. And I'll never forget what, what this man said. He said, you know what? The second that someone starts gossiping to me about somebody else, you know what I tell them? And he seriously does this. He says, I'm not a dumpster. The child of God, the children of God, are not dumpsters. You don't need to know everybody's trash. And, and, and the moment that someone else comes to you and says, oh, well, did you hear? I'm not a dumpster. Oh, by the way, I think uh, I'm not a dumpster. Uh, trash doesn't belong in here. And if you, you can bring your trash somewhere else. So go, throw it, go throw it on dumpsters. <laughs> but I'm not a dumpster. And so feet that be swift running to mischief. We ought to be careful about what we listen to and what we allow in. James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. Not only that, but verse 17, verse 18 says, A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift, running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. Same idea. Don't you dare lie about people. Don't you dare make up things about their lives. Don't fill up the gaps that you don't know. Look at that. And then verse, uh, the last part of that verse, it says, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. You know what? I do believe fully, and, and I know God has, has given us this theme for a reason, right? We want to strive together. But there will not be striving together as long as there is gossip. It will be nothing but strife. It will be strifing together. And if you are the one with the gossiper's heart, you will be the reason we are hindering or lacking unity. The Bible says only by pride cometh contention. So that means whenever there's contention, there's either pride on one part or both parts. There's either pride in one person or both people. And, and, and man, I really started thinking about that verse. Have you ever thought about the fact that literally only by pride cometh contention? The only reason there's contention in your life is because of pride. That, seriously, it's that simple. If you have contention, there's pride somewhere, and you better check to see if it's yours. We ought to check our own hearts to see if it's ours, our pride. Why? Because you know what the Bible says? Hey, there's a talebearer out there. There's a gossiper. There's someone who speaketh lies. There's someone who, who goes around and they, want to, they don't want to build, us, build each other up. They want to cause strife. They want to watch the world, the world burn. Right? They want to watch you burn. They, they don't want to see striving together. They want to see strifing together. And you know what that is? You know what the Bible claims it as? There's seven abominations in that person's heart. And so as long as there's pride, and as long as there is gossip, there will not be unity. There cannot be unity with pride in the way. You know what I thought too? Is sometimes, you know, and... Let's be honest here. Aren't we all a little 
guilty of gossip sometimes. And, and I struggle with this, with this fact that, man, I don't, I don't want there to be seven abominations in my heart. I don't want God to look down at me and say, man, I, I don't like what he's doing right there. When, when these verses start speaking to me, man, I, I just took a more serious look on, on how I speak about other people. Because it's scary. Man, this, this ought to put the fear of God in us. That God looks at, down at this and says, there, there's seven abominations in his heart. And it, it's not even that, you know, maybe not, we don't do all of these things, right? Well, you say, I, I don't uh, shed innocent blood. Or, or what I said about them really was true. Or what this and that. And, and we kind of make these things up that, that kind of justify it. And we say, well, it wasn't really gossip. It wasn't really a tea party. And, uh, and I didn't really do, I don't do all those things, right? I don't, I'm not all seven abominations. I'm not, I'm not a proud look, or I'm not this, and, and I'm not, at least I'm not all seven of them. But I kind of started thinking about that. I thought, you know what, you don't have to do all seven of them. But if you're gossiping about other people, you're willing to do all seven of them. Your heart is willing to do all seven abominations. To lie, to gossip, right? To, to f- spread false rumors. And so we ought to check our hearts tonight and say, you know, how, how do I speak about others? Let me say this. A spirit-filled person does not gossip. A spirit-filled person is not a, a talebearer. No, a spirit-filled person does this. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. And you know these verses. It says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not be uh, desirous of vainglory, provoking another, envying one another. I thought, you know, wow, what, what an interesting concept. If you put this into perspective of gossip, man, you won't find gossip in this section of Scripture right here. In a spirit-filled person. It says, those that are Christ, those that have been crucified with Christ, man, let us, if, if, we, if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. If God died for us, if he, if he lives within us, let's get the gossip out. Let's get the, the lies out of our mouth. Let's get the, the beguile and the corrupt communication out of our filthy mouths. And let us fill our lives with the Spirit of God. Let us fill our spirit with His Spirit. They uh, that are Christ have crucified the flesh. You know what your flesh wants to do? It wants to gossip. You know what your flesh could probably say to you right now? I can't wait to go home and talk about how bad Preston's message was. <laughs> right? That's what our flesh wants to do sometimes, is, is it not? It's is to, to constantly criticize and to, and to take down and to tear down someone else. 
Because why, why do we want to do that? Because the devil wants to make you believe that as long as you look better, you'll be better off that way. Right? The devil wants you to believe that, that this is okay. That gossiping is just fine. And that it's justified. And that it's okay. The devil wants you to believe that. But you know what God wants you to believe? He wants you to trust in him. And he wants you to turn to him. And what does he say? Think on these things. The pure things. The just things. The right things. Think on me. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. You know what, you know what it says? That, you know what it says that? Man, gossiping really does give us vain glory, doesn't it? Man, we, 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 really, we really did a great job puffing ourselves up today, didn't we? Right? We really, we really talked big about ourselves. Man, they're, they're going to know that I am the best. Man, they just, they just know. Man, I, I talk myself up and put that other person down. In their eyes, I know that I'm like this and they're like this. Vain glory. That's vain glory. Provoking one another. How about envying one another? We can gossip in that way too, can't we? By envying, we talk about, well, man, if I had money like him, I'd have a car too like that. We envy, and so we gossip. But what I want to say tonight is that, you know what, it's never too late to get this right. You know, I, I'll be honest with you tonight. I, I am guilty, have been guilty of gossiping in some form. And I think if we're honest with ourselves tonight, maybe we all have. There's been some point in our life where I, the, the, the temptation of gossip is, is not exclusive to, to anybody. It's, for, it's on everyone, right? We, we've all been tempted with it before. And there's, there may have been some times in our life where we gave in to that. And we, we indulged in it. We, we had our tea party. Right? But it's never, ever too late with God. And he offers forgiveness in such a wonderful and merciful way. The Bible says if, that if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. By the way, that's, that verse, I love that verse because it, it has two different kind of messages in it. One, God's always faithful. And he'll always forgive me. I'm so thankful for that. I, I wonder about that in my life sometimes. Man, I mess up over and over and over and over again. And I go back to God and I'm like, God, can you really, are you seriously going to forgive me this time? Because I feel like I'm probably going to do it again. And God promises me, no, Preston, I paid for that already. I died for you. And then it says, not only that, it says, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He is justice, right? It wasn't that he took my sin and said, well, I'll just sweep it under the rug. And it wasn't that he just took my sin and he, well, let me just shove it in the closet with all the rest of your junk, right? It wasn't that, no, he said, Preston, I'm going to pay for it. Man, there, there has to be a, a payment that's met. And I'm going to pay it for you. And he hangs on a cross and he dies for me. And he dies for you. And he's whipped, beaten, mocked, scorned died a, a, a horrible death, a crucifixion, one of the, the most strategic uh, murders in the world. Horrible, horrible, horrible death. 
all that you also that you could be forgiven. He says, Preston, I, I know you've sinned and I know you've done wrong, but I'm faithful and I'll always forgive you. And I'm also just. And it's not that I just swept it under the rug this time. It's not that I just threw it out the closet. It's not that I just kind of ignore it. No, it's paid for. I paid for it for my blood on the cross of Calvary. And now it's buried into the sea of his forgetfulness. It's, I love this verse. You ready? It's far as removed as the east is from the west. It's that far gone. You know what's crazy about that verse? You know, if you go north, you'll eventually start going south. If you go south, you'll eventually end up going north. But the thing about the east and the west is that you'll never run out of east and you will never run out of west. That's how far removed my sin is. And so tonight, we ought to check our hearts and check our minds and, our, and, and, and ourselves for gossip. How do I speak about other people? In what context do I speak about them? Am I a weak mind? Do I talk about, is the only thing I can find myself talking about is, is, the, is the, the, the bad things about other people. And if that is us, let's get it right tonight. Let's get it right. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to ask for forgiveness tonight. Why? Because God hates the gossip's heart. For in it are seven abominations. Let's turn to Psalm 51 really quick. I love this, this psalm. I find my, myself going back to here often because even a man of God like David messes up. Even a man of God like David, the, the, the David that slayed Goliath, the David that is king and ruler and, and, and everyone praised him for being uh, Israel's king and, and awesome and, and man, he sang and played the harp and, and sang praises to God and would, would tell others how to praise God even that man messed up. The sin with Bathsheba, and, and it wrecked his life. And honestly, there was a point in my life where, where that, that verse really just stuck out to me. Man, there's seven abominations in the gossip's heart. And I started to feel convicted about the fact that I need to stop talking about others like it's my business. I need to stop gossiping about others. You know what? I, I'm deciding tonight I'm not a dumpster. I'm deciding tonight that gossip doesn't need to be, be told to me, and I don't need to be telling it to others. And so we find David says in Psalm 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. You know what the problem is? Oftentimes we won't ever acknowledge that it's gossip. We won't ever acknowledge the fact that we are. And that's where we get led astray. God, I'm all right. I'm doing, I'm doing good. I'm glad that I, I am who I am today. And, and I'm fine. No, seriously, we need to check our hearts. Let's, let's take time and, and think about it. What's in my heart tonight? 
for I acknowledge my transgression, my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me know to know wisdom. Purge me with a hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my, all mine iniquities. I love what he says here. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not that Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of, myself, of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. You know what gossiping does? It really, it, it keeps us in a prison. But man, the truth and the love that God has for us, man, that, that, that will give us freedom like no other. And so David begs for the forgiveness and the mercy of God here. And by the way, he gave it. God does give it every single time. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so tonight, tonight, all I'm asking is, would you, would you take a moment to consider your heart tonight? I know it's probably a scary thought. Well, I don't think there's seven abominations in my heart. And I wouldn't think that of anybody else. But only you know you. You know what you talk about. You know how you think about others. You know where your heart is, truly is. I, I don't know. Only you and God know. So if you have business to do with God tonight, would you do it, whether it's in your pew or at the altar? Doesn't matter. What is God talking to you about tonight? What, what gossip do we need to fix? Do we need to get straight with God? Let's just be real with God. Let's, let's ask God, God, you know what? Create in me a clean heart. And then you know what he also says? He says, I mean, try, try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. See if, see if there's any wickedness in, in me tonight. That ought to be our prayer. Let's pray. Lord, God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that, God, you, you speak to us through it. And God, I pray that um, if there's any hearts that God just needs to get something right with you, I pray that we do it. God, that, uh, that we'd speak to you and God, ask for forgiveness if we need forgiveness. God, maybe, maybe we need to go apologize to someone that we've gossiped about. God, I don't know if there's someone like that or feeling like that in this room tonight, but God, you know. And so God, whatever the need is, God, I pray that you would just make it so clear to us. God, that we would react to your word tonight. God, I pray this all in your precious name, in Jesus' name, amen.
Create in me, O oh God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me.